Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of Geek Warning, brought to you by the Escape Collective. I'm James Huang, and my guests for today's show are Nicola Rossin and Manolo Bertocchi, CEO and head of marketing, respectively, for Colnago. You may have noticed that Colnago recently debuted its new C68 Gravel. And if you're here for all the technical details on that thing, well, you're going to want to head over to the site for the full written article. The bike's interesting and all, but I didn't bring those two on the show today to go over stuff like carbon layup schedules and frame geometry and stuff like that. Instead, what I wanted to know is more about Colnago as a brand, and for a couple of reasons. One, Colnago has been pretty quiet for much of the time that its main competitor, Pinarello, was experiencing a meteoric rise in tandem with the successes of Team Sky. And two... Colnago was purchased just a few years ago by an investment firm based in the United Arab Emirates. And since then, we haven't heard a whole lot about what's happened since, how the company has or hasn't changed, how the brand has been doing since then, where it's going, and so on. Because when all is said and done, Colnago isn't just some other cycling brand. It's one of the most iconic in the industry and certainly one of the biggest flying the Italian flag still. And I hope you'll agree with me that it's a topic well worth digging into. So one quick note, this is not a sponsored episode in any way. Colnago hasn't bought any ads or anything, and, well, I should remind you that we don't have any ads on Escape Collective anyway. Uh, We also haven't rehearsed this in any way beforehand, and the company didn't push for any restrictions in what we could talk about. I should also point out that unlike our regular Geek Warning episode that is free to everyone, these special episodes are only available in full to our Escape Collective members, so if you want to hear the whole thing, well, you gotta sign up. Anyway, without further ado, let's hear what Nicola and Manolo had to say. Hello, Nicola and Manolo, and welcome to Geek Warning, and thank you so much for being on this show. Just a little quick introduction. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, if you could both introduce your full names and your positions at Colnago, just so everyone knows who we're listening to here. Yeah, my name is Nicola, Nicola Rosin, and my position is CEO of Colnago. Very proudly, CEO of Colnago. My name is Manolo Bertocchi, and I'm super, very really proudly head of marketing and strategy in Colnago. And just to clarify, I mean, when... I've met both of you for for many years now, and I can very confidently say that the two of you really do mean it when you say that you're very proud to be working for Colnago. I mean, I think for people in, particularly in the Italian cycling industry, I mean, this that's a big deal, right? Very big deal, very big deal. I mean, uh, in the industry, I think it's not only in Italian things, but in worldwide, when we talk about Colnago, everybody has respect uh, a lot, yeah, a lot of respect for the brand and for what Ernesto did uh, in uh, this year. So. That's why we say proudly for us, uh, you know, at uh, you know, in our career to arrive to a point to work for this brand, it's a uh, it's a big honor. It's it like uh, if you are a priest and you are appointed to work uh, for the Pope <laughs> in the Catholic Church, guys. That's the same. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, well, well said. Yeah. I guess the reason for the timing on this podcast, uh, Olago, uh, you just launched your new C68 gravel bike. Uh, so all of those details and the ride impressions and everything, they're up on the site right now. So uh, you can head over to escapecollective.com if you want to hear all about that. But that's not really why I have the two of you on here specifically today, because I want to talk more about Colnago in general, not about that specific bike. So, you know, just a minute ago, you were talking about how meaningful it was for the two of you to be in these positions at Colnago now. And people hear this word, you know, iconic, you know, that gets tossed around so much these days. But I feel like that word really does apply here. I mean, Colnago is one of the few sort of really quintessential Italian cycling brands that I think that are, that are still around and also one of the oldest. I mean, I think if I'm correct, you're, you're celebrating your 70th anniversary this year, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, given that kind of longevity, I think I first want to ask your opinion on 
kind of what has made Colnago Colnago? You know, why has it been successful for so long? Yeah, I think there are many ingredients that made uh, uh, Colnago so successful for so long. You know, it's uh, ability to innovate uh, and ability to create a really a nice community of lovers. I think the biggest one is the heritage. I mean, this is a brand with uh, the uh, longest and uh, probably the brightest uh, uh, heritage. We always specify, Manolo and myself, that uh, we are not a brand with a, we are not a heritage brand, sorry, we're not a heritage brand, but we are a brand with a great uh, heritage. But heritage, I think, is a key word to describe our longevity and our success for so long. As far as technically speaking, um, you know, I, I worked in a bike shop in the mid-1990s. I was a big Colnago dealer. And I very much remember that, yeah, certainly in that road market, Colnago was widely viewed as not only being a very prestigious brand, but also one that was pretty innovative in terms of uh, materials and design and construction, stuff like that. You know, I, I very much lusted after a C40, never got one, um, but I did get an Oval Master. I had that for quite a while. That was that was kind of a pride and joy. And I know racing has always been in, in the Colnago heritage. So, you know, talking to you about how Colnago is a brand with heritage, what does that really mean? Like, like as far as the bikes themselves, like, you know, why, why were people drawn to Colnago for so long? It's, uh, I, I, I would like to, to use uh, a not uh, uh, very pragmatic word. So I want to talk about magic. When uh, you, 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 you are in Colnago, when you ride a Colnago, when you listen to, you know, uh, the brand like this, there is a sort of magic. It's something that, uh, you know, it sounds a bit holistic. I'm not an holistic guy or, you know, I'm very pragmatic, but for sure there is uh, some magic. But it's connected to the, all the ingredients that I was uh, describing before, you know, but, you know, 70 years of history, great innovation in the past, introducing uh, the uh, carbon, and, uh, the great uh, uh, joint venture partnership with Ferrari, so many winning. I mean, all this happening, all these ingredients, I think, created what I say, something magic. And uh, this is something that we feel every day when we talk about with our consumers. If I may add something, I mean, uh, one of our consumers said, uh, oh, I love Colnago because Colnago makes beautiful bike that wins races, which is, I mean, uh, which is still true. If I recounted badly last year, just with the uh, UAT Memorates team, we won 56 uh, races in the Grand Tour, which is pretty impressive. Some of those are incredible, um, like Flanders. I mean, um, and we won Flanders with a completely new bike. Uh, with new introduction concept, which are the which is the V4RS, which is the bike that today Pogacar is using it, and at the same time, uh, we we are still innovating because uh, uh, with the C68, for instance, and uh, with in all the family, we stepped away from the traditional construction lugged, and we went to uh, pieces uh, construction. Well, of course, you you have talked about it in your article perfectly, but. Um, completely changing the production and uh, but still keeping the same uh, handmade in Italy concept, uh, all uh, the things that makes Colnago Colnago uh, and uh, we keep on doing it every day here in Cambiago from the factory. So speaking of that that magic and that kind of made in Italy heritage and keeping in mind, uh, I guess just to back up a little bit, uh, I think it's worth pointing out that both of you, relatively speaking, your tenures at Colnago have, are, are fairly recent. So Manolo, I think you were there in 2021, is that right? Okay, it's three years today, James. 
Oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and and Nicola, I can't I can't remember when when were you first appointed as CEO at, of Colnago? Started as a consultant uh, from uh, uh, let's say uh, December 2020, and then uh, I was appointed as a CEO in July 2001. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, so the the reason why I I just want to point that out is because I want to look back a little further back in history to well before uh, either of you was involved with Colnago, because um, I do think it's a little bit important to, I guess, touch back on maybe some not great days at Colnago. Because again, coming back to the the Made in Italy thing, uh, I feel like after Colnago enjoyed so much success for so long, it almost kind of feels like the brand was losing its way a little bit in like the 2000s. So you know, Colnago had a lot of history already with carbon fiber, aluminum, steel, titanium, so on and so forth, molded modular monocoque carbon fiber frames at that time were becoming much more common, almost just standard. And it didn't seem like Colnago really had the manufacturing capabilities in-house at the time. So if I remember correctly, Colnago entered into a partnership with Giant to produce uh, a few frames. Do you, do you recall how, how that partnership ended up coming to be and how that went? Yeah, we were, you were, you, we were, we are talking about 2000, you know, the first year of the, of this millennium. I think, uh, uh, was, uh, tentative to go to, to, to scale, to scale the business and to have a, a bigger capacity. I honestly, I don't perceive necessarily as a, a negative event. I mean, the company in some way, uh, show a big interest. Uh, you know, and curiosity, you know, to, to see how to improve uh, their ability, their uh, capability. Um, so I don't see as necessarily as a, a, a bad event, uh, this partnership. I mean, we are talking about uh, the biggest, one of the biggest uh, branded company in the world, that is giant. I'm happy anyway, but now we are talking uh, that uh, more than half of our bicycle produce in Italy. This is really a big value, you know, being able to produce our carbon uh, bicycle in-house. So I repeat, back to Giant, I think it was an experience. Uh, Colnago company learned a lot uh, from uh, big players. And uh, it's a cycle on this uh, uh, long, long history, but I think it uh, was in some way useful. So what were some perhaps pros and cons of that arrangement? Because you said that you don't view that as a, as a, as, as a bad partnership. And I don't, I, I agree that I don't, I don't think it was necessarily a bad partnership, but I do think that there was some industry, I guess, consumer perception, at least, uh, issues at the time with the idea of having a carbon fiber bicycle that said Colnago on it, that was produced by Giant. Do you feel like that maybe diluted the brand identity at all for some people? I mean, there are, uh, different personas within, uh, the Colnago consumer and audience. If you talk about uh, the most uh, traditionalist, uh, the collectors, you know, the, uh, the people, I mean, we have a specific uh, persona in Colnago, but yes, it might be disappointed. But, uh, you know, the personas in Colnago are different. And uh, in our, uh, in our, our consumers are also people that are looking to you know, having the fastest bike possible, having the lightest bike bicycle, and going with Giant was probably a tentative, you know, a test to be if it was uh, possible to increase, to improve some 
of our you know uh, aspect okay so it depends probably for a most traditional consumer yes it was a kind of uh, disappointment you said that Tonago uh, learned quite a lot from that arrangement so it sounds like there were certainly some benefits to that absolutely uh, are you able to talk about some of the some of the things that ju- that uh, that Colnago learned from the partnership? I guess uh, uh, lear- learning a lot uh, from uh, uh, international needs, uh, and learning from uh, you know international opportunities, uh, you know exchange information once again with uh, one of the most uh, uh, important company in the bicycle business. This I might list as a, as a pro for sure. Okay. So if, I guess fast forwarding, or I guess looking a little bit further from that now. So we're in 2024, and it's been 20 some odd years since since uh, that partnership happened initially. I think also during that period, we we saw the the kind of explosive explosive rise of really one of your main competitors, Pinarello. Um, so during that period, we saw them you know sponsor Team Sky. Their popularity went up quite a lot. It seems like their sales went up quite a lot. And during that same period, it also seems like Colnago was maybe a little quiet in comparison, at least certainly what seems to be what their perception was. How was Colnago in terms of sales and is the health of the company in that period? So like in basically the last 20 some odd years or so. Is uh, correct what you're saying. Uh, business has been very stable. If you look to, to revenue turnover. So in uh, until uh, uh, three years ago, was always at the same level. Pinarello was winning. I mean, if you think about all the winning of Pinarello uh, in that period, they were really relevant, important. So the company was quiet, uh, quiet, Colnago, not big peak in business. And uh, yeah, if you compare with that competitor, it's fair to say that uh, we didn't have uh, that grow in, in, in that period. Yeah, it's very fair. Was that a problem for Colnago? Like, did, did Colnago want to grow? Or I, I guess, how was that perceived within Colnago to see Pinarello uh, just grow so much like that during that period? First of all, we were up in the company, so I cannot give you really details on the feelings uh, of that days. Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, Colnago as a company has been always, you know, I, in some way, also now, when we brainstorm with Manole, with the people, you, know, you, you look at the competitors, you look to what they are doing. But at the same time, you say, listen, my future, my destiny is really in my hands. I mean, you can really look to the others and look what they are doing. But they say, if we do things right, you know, is everything in our hands. So I don't think there was a, a sort of frustration or the destiny of Colnago has been always in his hand. It's such a powerful brand with such a great awareness that you look to yourself and uh, if you focus you do things right you know you know that uh, you can you can uh, you can grow you can have a lot of return return yeah if i may add something and is uh, i know whenever i say this is people think i'm crazy but i'm not uh, we never do benchmarking i mean uh, whenever we think about a new project and this is one of the greatest thing about working in colnago for colnago is that uh, <laughs> when i say the guys that work here, they said, uh, we, we, the, the beauty of Colnago and the magic we were talking before is we can really do whatever we want and we feel is right to do without looking at the others. And I think that this is uh, the, the biggest teaching that came from the tradition of Colnago. That's why Colnago has always been perceived as an innovator, because it's out of the schemes, for sure, of uh, 
things that uh, are done differently. And if I go back to the um, to the giant uh, thing, uh, well, think about it. Uh, all of the bikes uh, now, and I'm not saying uh, something that is secret, uh, um, are made uh, in the Far East. And probably on our scale, we are the last real Italian brand that is still made for more than 50% of our production in Italy. So... <laughs> If we, if it was innovator at the time, it's still innovator this time. So it's uh, maintaining tradition became the new innovation, which is a little bit crazy, but it is what it is. It feels like a lot of that freedom to to kind of do whatever you wanted to do. Um, a lot of that was was granted by the fact that uh, Ernesto didn't really seem like he had to answer to anybody for a very long time, right? Like, So am I correct that Colnago was still a, a privately held company primarily owned by Ernesto just up until a few years ago, right? Correct. Colnago is family, yes. And it, you know, for, for better or worse, I mean, I, I'm sure that there have, there, there have been times when, when Ernesto or someone wanted to, you know, he made some decision that maybe some people didn't agree with or maybe didn't seem like the best business decision at the time, but it still was his freedom to make that decision, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So I guess that does bring us a little bit to kind of the more modern period now because so Colnago was sold to an investment firm that was based in the UAE in 2020. And, you know, of course, everyone has an opinion on everything. You look at the internet, and a lot of people certainly seem to think that that would be kind of the end of the brand. Um, I, I think there were a lot of people who were saying stuff like that. And I guess there was a lot of legitimate concern because, again, as you said, I mean, Colnago was sort of this iconic Italian brand and now owned by investment group in, 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 uh, in UAE. But Nicola, you, you did say, you know, I don't, I don't know if people caught this, that you, know, you said that revenue for Colnago was you know, fairly steady for, for quite a long time up until the last three years or so. So um, I, will, I will get to that in just a moment. But uh, can you comment at all on, on what was Ernesto's motivation to sell the company? Honestly, I, this is a question for Ernesto. Uh, what I can say is that uh, the investment firm from uh, Abu Dhabi that bought Conago is really giving us uh, a lot of possibility. I mean, these are gentlemen that are really in love with the brand. They are recycling. They understood perfectly the core values of Conago and the strength to be in Italy, you know, and to keep uh, very strongly that identity then uh, if you when you think about uh, that part of the world uh, you think always it's honest to say you think about the money and the possibility you know that uh, this investment firm can give to you and this is really also for us as a manager was a big motivation in joining the company because you know around the company there's really, really an ecosystem of company an ecosystem of forces that can really exploit the brand, can really exploit the company. I mean, we own a team, okay? Conago, we own the biggest retail chain in, in the Middle East. I mean, this is really, again, an ecosystem of forces that can really exploit Conago even further. So we live as a big opportunity because it's possibility together with their fully understand about what Colnago is and what are the values of Colnago. So it's a big, big plus for us. So it's interesting, a couple things that I want to just kind of come back to a little bit. Manolo, you mentioned that even now, more than half of Colnago's, am I correct? Is it more than half of Colnago's total 
bicycle production is still made in Italy? Correct, if you consider the steel as well, correct. So, okay, it's been you know less than four years since the sale goes, but uh, I, I would argue that it, it certainly seems like it's been a good thing for Colnago. I mean, it seems like the brand is certainly much more well-known, I guess much more in, in terms of the mainstream population. Um, there's a lot more exposure for Colnago than there was before this sale. What's happened since then? So how, how has the company changed since this ownership change? Okay, when uh, you you hire uh, you know managers, okay, you have to be sure about uh, you know you're talking about people that understand the brand, understand the legacy, understand the heritage. But you know, transform a company in a managerial uh, company means uh, to to you know to have a structure. You know, uh, it means uh, to start to understand uh, what are uh, you know uh, the ingredients again to, to scale to grow. And uh, this is happening. I mean, uh, we joined Colnago at the end of 2020, as I say, and now we can say proudly that uh, in three years, we more than tripled the business. And uh, we are talking about uh, a phase uh, for the bicycle business that is not really bright at the moment because we know that the post-pandemic things is quite dramatic, you know. But, uh, you know, the opportunity, you know, really to understand, you know, what we are and having been very clear where we want to go, start to know hiring the right guy, put in place the right process, you know, do things very pragmatically is giving us uh, a very interesting boost. So we are talking about a company that, you know, more than tripled the business in three years. So I think the simple answer for you is uh, we are a managerial company and that we are having uh, uh, the great return of uh, being uh, a managerial company. Hey, 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 I did say that only members were going to get the whole show. Did I not? If you want to hear the rest of the episode, and I know that you do, head over to escapecollective.com slash join, select the monthly or annual membership option, fire up that members-only feed, and then treat your ears to the full suite of audio goodness that we produce every week here at Escape Collective. So anyway, go ahead and sign up, and we'll see you back here in a few. 